I am Leslie Nope. I love this town, and I've worked my whole life to make it great. I believe that I've earned your vote. Bobby Newport believes he can buy it. And maybe that's because he's never earned anything his entire life. That, that hurt my feelings. That hurt my feelings. You're supposed to be this positive person. Can't we just talk about things we like? Well said. Uh, just a reminder to our candidates to keep it civil. Looking at you, Leslie. Hello and welcome to another episode of Early Childhood Perspectives. I'm your host, William. I'm a preschool teacher, 2IC for a long daycare service. And this topic is called, let's get political, or, or advocating for social justice in early years. Now, um, again, I've got to be mindful. This isn't really a early education. It is, don't get me wrong. But what I mean by something I have really been bouncing off since doing the Facebook Live event, which is on our Facebook group, Early Childhood Perspectives, um, forward slash, um, is just this idea that... Um, I feel like I've touched on teachers teaching children how to be political, how to teach children that their opinion matters, and we do that by reflecting children's voices and them having a say in the room. Uh, we teach children to be, you know, active citizens of our world by teaching them to be sustainable, by teaching them to be compassionate. A really cool journey I've recently been going on, and I, um, I guess I, I have to keep saying this every podcast, but I'm not an expert. And um, I guess what I really enjoy about doing this podcast is that I feel like you guys are coming along and um, I'd love to hear your thoughts and all that jazz because I feel like I'm going to touch on a lot of stuff that isn't going to be controversial, don't get me wrong, but I'm happy to be corrected. I'm happy for someone to either send in a soundbite or to comment on the Facebook group or whatever, or even send me a message and just be like, look, you're wrong and it's for this reason. And kind of where I'm going with this is teachers need to be political. Teachers need, you know, on the Facebook Live event, I talked about how we're just kind of the stepping stone in um, how we're the stepping stone in the broader spectrum of a child's life. And I agree with that. I believe that. Um, I'm not going to retouch on that. But one of the things I took away from it was we've got to focus beyond the classroom and instead focus on the wider world that we live in. I feel like as well in Australia, um, there is this inbuilt advocacy. I've touched on this before. But we, we as educators, as practitioners, as teachers, we need to advocate continuously we need to advocate continuously for our industry. While the rest of the world kind of went su supported by the government, we've taken a different route and we've gone mixed economy, which means back with Howard administration, and Dory, I'm not picking on John Howard because I was not young enough to really remember anything that was happening there, but it was he decided instead to go for a mixed economy approach, which means you have a mix of for-profit and non-for-profit and that's very unique you know i think it's echoed in america but for the most part i think it's pretty unique that we have this weird blending of yeah government supported stuff for profit and then not for profit 
we have the state supporting preschool education. Uh, well, that's in New South Wales. They handle preschool education. Um, and then you have, on a wider level, you've got the kind of government supporting child, re child care rebate and all that stuff. And I think the job for families package is going to have a massive impact on that. Um, but you so you have this weird kind of blend where there is a there is a market to education. There is a market to childcare. I've never worked in a not-for-profit. I don't know what that's like, but I've only worked in for-profit. Now, the for-profit places I've worked have been amazing. I've never really had an issue with this, but ultimately they are turning a profit. They are seeking to make a buck from children's education and from children's care. And I've heard so many horror stories where this has just been horrific. It's been horrific in that you just hear a lack of resources. You just hear there's not a consideration of the classroom because they just want to shove as many kids into it. You hear, you know, they have people just randomly book all these casual days and there's no consideration of what that means for children in their routine. You hear the worst I've heard is excluding children with additional needs because that's too much work and some parents don't want to put their children in that sort of care. So you do hear the horror stories of what can happen when you mix economy with childcare. And I think what this means is that we're kind of, we're kind of on a, not an uphill, because I actually really love my job, but what I'm, there's an angle, there's a perspective against that. And what I mean by this is people see us and it always gets thrown around, but it's true as glorified babysitters. We are a service. Now we believe strongly in education. We believe in the benefits of education. I've talked previously about how literally in early education, we are reshaping children's neural pathways, their brain tissues. We're teaching them so much. But from this comes this weird angle that we need to actually promote early education. We need to advocate early education. Now, because there is this element with families of, well, it's a service. I've paid you to do something. I've paid you to do this. I don't know how we can overcome that obstacle. Um, I felt it in my job, that, that context of, oh, look, I pay you to do this. I pay you to do this. I don't know how we can get past that. What I do know is that Parents are our strongest advocates. Parents and families are the ones who are going to fight for us. They're the ones who are really going to push for early education. And that's true to a point because ultimately their children are going to grow up and there's going to be um, other issues in their, in their child's life. You know, they're going to have to advocate for primary school education. So I feel like the biggest people who are advocating for children's rights, for children's education for telling the importance of it is early childhood practitioners, educators, and teachers. First, the language we use. What language are we using? We got to be mindful of saying childcare and instead of saying, I don't, I didn't go against that whole childcare thing, but I've heard this a lot, the power of language, and I do agree with it, that we frame our jobs in a way that makes it more meaningful because it is meaningful. We are children's, we are teachers, you know, we are educators. We're not 
babysitters or childcare workers or working in an industry, we're working in an educational setting because it is an educational setting. Um, secondly, is our story. No one can contest against your story. When you talk about, you know, so often people talk about what do you do? I use this not in an over-the-top way because I can't stand people who always talk about their jobs, especially teachers, but I use this as an avenue to actually go, well, this is, this is what I do as a teacher every day. These are the struggles I have to go through. These are the hardships I've had to go through. This is how important education is. I remember once I was talking to someone at church and we're talking about, I was talking about summative assessments and they're like, oh, why are you doing, why are you doing reports for children? Uh, are they cutting paper? Are they like taking a joke? Now, I wasn't upset because they didn't know any better. And that's the biggest thing. People really don't know any better when it comes to early education. So we, it's in that moment that we go, no, we do summative assessments because we're actually checking that children are hitting those developmental milestones, that we're checking that we're making sure children are actually really engaging with um, what they're learning, that we're checking for all these different things to make sure they're becoming holistic learners and lifelong learners. Thirdly, Use your classroom as an advocate, as a as a position of advocacy. What I mean by that is use your daily diary or your journey or your journal, sorry, to talk about how important early education is. Talk about why you teach. Don't just say, oh, today we did a patterning exercise. Talk about why you did that patterning exercise. Oh, we did it so we could teach children mathematical concepts. Every time you do something justify it to inform the families in your care that they are that you're doing it and it's meaningful it's not just playing keeping them <laughs> entertained it's actually has a wider purpose teaching them and use your classroom use your displays use your daily diary use your interactions with families use your whatever you need to to advocate for early education now i'm not going to touch on this topic but in a later podcast, I'm really going to consider how we use social media and unions and all that stuff. But I wanted to use this podcast to really look at how we as individuals can advocate for early education. And I don't know my planning, but I think that's going to be the next few topics is I'm going to really look at advocacy and looking at how we can actually advocate for early education. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to my ramblings and I will see you in a fortnight's time. Thank you so much.